guys, what's up? It's Lisa, and you're listening to What's Next with Lisa. Welcome to episode three of season two. Today is Monday, October 19th, 2020, and I'm excited to talk about today's episode. It's one that I, I talked about a little bit in episode one, kind of the root of it. And now I want to go into a little bit more detail in how to change it or stop this behavior. And today we're talking about people-pleasing. And it's a hard habit to break. But I always say that understanding why you're doing something gives you the power to know how to change it. So acknowledging that you're doing it is one thing. But really understanding why you're doing it in the first place is why it's important to... um, understand why you're changing it and a lot of people do it and I'm going to tell you how to change it and how to start doing things today why you need to change this today life can feel better than just serving others all the time I promise but before we get to that in last week's episode I actually talked about how to make change an opportunity for growth versus feeling like it's something that's really big that keeps you stuck and shut down And I just want to take one more question um, about that topic. And to do that, let's get over to the official what's next question and answer. Hey, what's next? Okay, empty nexters. So like I said, in last week's episode, episode two, I talked about change and how it can feel really overwhelming. Uh, It can create fear. It can create a perception of loss. And I wanted to take this question that I got because I think it's really important and it's not a change that I really touched on too much in the episode. And the question is this, Lisa, the change I'm dealing with is not one I initiated or even wanted. My boyfriend broke up with me and didn't even care what I wanted or how I felt. How do you come to terms with this kind of change in your life? And... You're absolutely right, first of all, that that is a kind of change in your life, especially when you've been with somebody and maybe you're planning a future or planning a life and then all of a sudden that changes without you having a say in it or being a part of it. It's really difficult to say the very least when change is pushed upon you, especially one that you weren't ready for. And the first thing I would tell you is that it's okay to grieve that. It's okay to grieve that relationship. It's okay to be angry at that person, to be sad about the plans that you had that might not be happening anymore. Anything that you're feeling right now is okay. What you do with those feelings is what matters. And by that, I mean that you have to get yourself in a mindset when you're ready to accept what happened, meaning not that you say it was okay. Uh, It means that you drop the need for a different outcome. And just like I talked about in the podcast, the, the need for a different outcome is you trying to have a fixed mindset. So what I really want you to start getting ready to adopt is a growth mindset. And I want you to accept that this happened, to accept that it wasn't your choice. It was pushed upon you. And then I want you to connect to your self-worth. And by that, I mean, by reading your question, you said that he didn't even care what I wanted or how I felt. 
you're worthy of somebody that at the very least cares about what you want and how you feel. That relationship may still end, but I would hope that there's enough respect for each other that that could be a discussion. No, it's not going to be one that feels great, but somebody that doesn't care about how you feel or what you want, you're worthy of a lot more than that. So as you're adapting this growth mindset to say, okay, what can I do with this super awful thing that I didn't even want? I want you connecting to your self-worth. I want you looking ahead and saying, what can I do differently in the next relationship? What opportunities do I have now that I'm not in this relationship? And day by day, little by little, I want you to look for small opportunities to grow, to connect to yourself, to take care of yourself. And do that from a place of self-love and empowerment. I hope that helps. I know this isn't easy and I'm so sorry that this happened to you. I do think you have an opportunity for growth here and definitely an opportunity to find somebody who cares about how you feel. So if you guys have questions, please send me an email at whatsnextwithlisa at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram or Twitter at what's next with Lisa. And I try to get to all of your messages. I'm definitely taking notes on show topics. So if you have show topic ideas or certain things that you want help with, send me a message. Let me know because I'm doing this for you. Um, Another exciting bit of clerical work, the journals have begun printing. I'm so excited about this. This is a guided journal experience that I created based on what I've been telling my private practice clients, how to journal, and I've kind of been like giving people parameters and letting them create their own. So I decided to create one to actually give um, that's already guided for you. And it's actually called Go and Kick Ass. So I love that too, because I want you to live life on your own terms. So I'm so excited. As soon as they're back from the printer and I'm ready to sell and ship, I'll let you guys know details about pricing and shipping. So stay tuned on that. You can check my Instagram for updates. Um, I'll probably post there and put a link there um, regarding where you can find them. And then I'm also taking on new clients. So if you're looking for a counselor, you've been having a hard time finding one, I'm going to do some online counseling for some podcast listeners. I'll take as many as I can before I'm full. So if you're interested in working with me, reach out to me, email me at whatsnextwithlisa at gmail.com. You can also um, shoot me a direct message on Instagram or Twitter, but email tends to be more secure. So I would prefer you do that just to make sure everybody's um, private information is protected. So with that being said, let's get on to it. People pleasers. I love you all. I used to be one. I um, respect you all so very much and my heart breaks for you all so very much as well because I know it's got to feel pretty lonely and get you pretty aggravated that you feel like you do and give and do and give and nobody can ever reciprocate quite enough to match your talents and effort. And it doesn't feel good. And, you know, here's the thing. The first thing I want to talk about, though, is I want to talk about what a people pleaser actually is. I think that's a really important distinction for us to make because I think people have different 
definitions and different experiences, absolutely. So the first thing, like I said, I want to talk about is actually what is a people pleaser and where do they come from, right? So in my opinion, people pleasing is... I guess a strategy or a coping mechanism we pick up along the way, whether we realize it or not. And it typically comes with um, a heaviness or like a lack of security in relationships. And so, you know, a lot of times we'll see people pleasers with low self-esteem or they're like super overachievers and they have like the greatest work ethic in the room sometimes a strong need for control because if you can control things you can control how people think about you and then that makes you feel emotionally safe and people pleasers are whether they admit it or not afraid of being rejected or abandoned Um, they're usually preoccupied with what other people think and feel they're way way too afraid of saying no setting a boundary, setting limits, because that might seem mean. And then they have to deal with somebody being disappointed in them, which is like a people pleaser's worst nightmare, because they're hungry for the approval of others. They're getting their worth and validation by how other people say how great they are. Um, And a lot of times people pleasers are overworked because they have developed like this um, overdeveloped sense of responsibility well, I've got to do it all. I've got to do this and I, I've got to do that because then maybe somebody will say, oh, hey, wow, you've done so much this week and that feels good for a second. And so the problem with that a lot, there are a lot of problems, but the biggest problems are they're neglecting their own needs. They don't stop for a minute to take care of themselves or even let anybody else take care of them because that would feel way too uncomfortable to allow somebody to take care of them. And then they're exhausted, overbooked, burned out because they're trying to take care of other people. So then a lot of times you'll see people pleasers with years and years of people pleasing get start to get angry with people because they just feel like they give and give and give. And you'll see them... A lot of times stuck in relationships where they feel like they give way more than their partner gives. That's people pleasing in a nutshell. And so, you know, here's the thing. Now that we know, I guess, the characteristics of this, I want to talk about where this comes from. Because what I said in the intro was understanding why you're doing something is the magic you need to start to change it. Because when you can understand why you're doing something to get a need met or why you're doing something to validate yourself, it's an opportunity for you to get self-aware before you do it to say, oh, wait a minute, I was doing this to feel valid or to feel worthy. Now I need to learn how to do that in another way. So understanding the why is important. And I want to talk about Why do people learn to do this, first of all? Um, You know, and these are things that evolve really as a way to maintain connection and closeness, usually with parents from a young age. And so it's usually with parents who are inconsistently available for their children. So it's typically, you know, a lack of engagement, a lack of emotional stability, and as a child, what you learn is, oh, well, if I can do enough, if I can say the right things, if I can be the right things, I'll get my parents' attention for a little bit. 
which works as a child, and that feels good when mom and dad pay attention to you. The problem with that is is that the older you get, that's not how we build healthy relationships. And that's not a partnership. That's not a healthy give and take. That's you doing all the work in hopes of getting some attention. And a lot of times, I think in my experience, I found that the parents are people pleasers too. So they're usually worried about... um, you know, their own troubles uh, or too much of their own troubles to really tune into what the children are feeling and thinking. So maybe they're worried about taking care of their friends or their, you know, their spouse and the child feels second. So, you know, that can be definitely a path of how a child learns to people please. And more so than not, people-pleasing parents are typically, I guess, kind of in a state of like emotional overwhelm, which leads their children to treat them carefully, right? Like they're fragile because they don't want to upset their parents. So it's another way for children to learn, I've got to behave perfectly. I don't want to upset them. That doesn't feel good. So if I can do all these things right and say all these right things, then I won't upset mom and dad. And the child is learning to base their behavior on how other people might react. And, you know, the other thing I see with people who grow up to be people pleasers is that they carry a lot of their parents' emotional stuff. So, for example, their parents may have relied on them to be emotional supports or maybe they were unengaged and unavailable for their child so the child had to grow up and be responsible for everybody and they take on like this caregiving role you know toward their own parents and the problem is that in the end the parent it's the parent who's struggling to emotionally connect and be available to their child in a consistent way the child picks up on this because even from a very young age your brain's always looking for ways to protect you don't forget that and so they do what they have to do behavior-wise so they can remain connected to their parents, which causes you to learn to people please. And, you know, it's the emotional inconsistency with parenting that really is the rooted factor in causing people, children, to be people-pleasing because they don't know how else to feel secure and maintain that love and connection. So they feel like they have to earn it. And, you know, they live out their parents' dreams for them, their parents' values, right, in order to remain in the good graces and not get the wrath of mom or dad. Or maybe that child becomes this high-achieving perfectionist afraid to make a mistake because they don't want to set their parent off. And really, in my opinion, the greatest tragedy in this We can fix people-pleasing, but the greatest tragedy in this from a child's perspective when I look at children in these types of environments is that they become from a very young age much less interested in exploring or discovering who they are, what makes them happy, sad, frustrated, angry, what they want to do in this world. They don't, they're robbed of the chance to create a self-identity that makes them them because they're constantly taught from a young age to transform themselves into being nice or being perfect or being good. 
and that will cause them to feel secure in relationships. It's what they think. It's a perceived safety, guys. And typically, the parent's behavior, though, has way less to do with what the child is doing and way more to do with them not being able to get out of their own selfish way and actually be a parent and put the child first. It's... Um, it drives me nuts and it's infuriating to me and it's uh, <laughs> neglectful and immature and I could go on and on. Get out of your own way and remember that you have a child who needs to develop their own identity that have wants and needs that matter. And otherwise, nine times out of ten, they're going to grow up to be pleasers and adapt themselves to fix everyone else instead of themselves. And when you carry this into you know, adult relationships, it's not healthy. And then people will come to me in private practice and say, I don't understand why my relationship isn't working. I do so much. I do so much. And then they never give it back or it's never reciprocated. And now I'm exhausted. And yeah, so that either has to do with the fact that you're with the wrong person and they're not on the same team or you're doing so much you never even give the other people an opportunity to see the real you or to reciprocate it because you're always one-upping somebody and it's just ingrained in you subconsciously. Um, And so the first thing that I would tell you, so if you've listened to this and you think, crap, that's me, it's okay. It is okay. I am a reformed people pleaser. So I can tell you from both personal and professional experience You can set a boundary. You can get past this and I am going to help you. So you know I'm a huge fan of writing things down because it gives your brain something to read and something to grab onto. So if you're asking yourself, now what the heck do I do? I want you to get your journal out and I want you to come to the table here from a place of I'm drawing a roadmap. I am drawing a roadmap away from people pleasing And then back to myself and you say, oh, I don't even really know what I need or who I am or what I want. I've thought about it a time or two. Well, you're right. So you were robbed of an opportunity to really know who you are, what you stand for, what makes you happy, stressed, frustrated, the whole nine yards, what makes you human. So I'm going to give you that opportunity. And before you say I'm too old and I've been doing it for too long, you are wrong. It is never too late to make these changes. Are they intense and uncomfortable and difficult at first? You bet. Anything new usually is, especially when it's so ingrained in you that you need to behave this way to keep a secure relationship or to feel worthy. Yeah, it's gonna. you're probably going to mess it up. You're probably going to say, I have no idea what I'm doing, but that's okay. I've got you. So you've got your journals out. The first thing I want you to acknowledge is that you were really robbed of the opportunity to create your own identity. And I think when I say this to people, it's actually pretty interesting because a lot of people will say, well, of course I know who I am. You know, I'm so-and-so and and this is what I believe in and this is my religion. And you're absolutely right. Those are all things that make you you. However, what I want you to ask yourself is – Are those things that you've done since childhood just because someone told you to and you never changed it? Or are they really things that bring you joy? And so in your journal, I'd like you to start, try to get at least 10 values. Um, What are your values? And I want you to drown out the outside pressures. 
drowned out what society thinks they should be, what your parents told you they should be, what your friends think they should be. Should and shouldn't are rooted in shame, guys. Every time you say I should or I shouldn't, I just think it's a form of shaming yourself. I would love it if you could use statements like I need, I will, I won't. Those are statements of fact. Those are statements of you knowing what you need. Not should and shouldn't. Okay, tangent over. So your values. Start with 10. Write down your values. Are you honest? Um, do you want to act with integrity? Are you a you know hard worker? There's a million different values out there. Start with the 10 that are most important to you and who you want to be or who you are based on you in your quietest moments, not what anyone else tells you that they want you to be. So if you've been painted with the brush of like, oh, well, you're always, but you've always been the strong one. You've always been the funny one or the kind one, whatever it is, be mindful of the fact that as a people pleaser, you probably rose to that challenge when people painted you with those descriptors. And I want you to ask yourself, is that really me? And it's okay if it's not. Um, And it's okay if you need to think about it. So start with 10 values. The other thing next to that list, I want you to write down, what are your priorities? So what's most important to you in this life? Is it having a family, having a home, uh, a good job, whatever it is? Write down five to 10 of your priorities and rank them most important to least important. And here's what that's going to do. You're going to start to create an identity that you can look at on paper and commit to and be proud of. You've never done that before. And that's where the disconnect is with people pleasing. And so once you have this list, I want you to sit down and have a really honest conversation with yourself and say, what external or outside things am I attaching my self-worth to? So for example, if you feel worthy and valuable every time you uh, do something nice for somebody or buy somebody a present or go out of your way to help somebody, you're attaching your worth to that external validation. So it's like a sigh of relief, like, oh, they they said I did a good job. They said that I'm the nicest person they know. Those are all nice things to hear. Those are great compliments. However, your worth shouldn't be dependent on them. So I want you to have an honest conversation with the things you're attaching your self-worth to. That being said, if you're attaching your self-worth to external things, we've got to remember that that's an inside job. And because you were robbed of the opportunity to build your self-identity and and become somebody that you're really proud of and committed to, you were also robbed of the chance to understand how worthy and valuable you are just because you exist. Just because you exist, you are worthy and valuable and lovable. And that is an inside job that I want you to think about showing up to every day to cultivate a relationship with you, with your self-worth. Words matter. How you speak to yourself matters. And so be mindful of it. You know, in a romantic relationship, 
you don't just show up every six months or so and say, oh, hey, got to run and hope for the best that it's going to work out. You show up every day to take care of it and say, what can I bring to the table today to make this good or even better? That's how I want you thinking about the relationship with your self-worth. It's innate. Innate. You were born with it. You are worthy because you exist. Now to really connect to that idea, we're going to build a self-identity that you're so proud of and so committed to that you're going to know exactly how to respond to people to set a boundary, a loving boundary, or to say, no, I can't do that. And understand that you don't have to do that to be worthy, right? Your job is to understand who you are to learn how to respond. Because here's the thing. If you don't commit to a self-identity that you're proud of and that you feel good about and you know where you're going, so you've written down that roadmap of who am I, that means you're reacting to people. You're reacting in the moment. You're reacting to what you think they need and minimizing your own. You're reacting to, gosh, what do I think would make them happy? Because then, oh, then I'll feel worthy, right? That's chaos and that's chaotic. Responding to people comes from a place of confidence. It comes from a place of confidence that knowing you're a good person and if you do something kind and nice for somebody, you're doing it because you want to, not because you feel like you need to, to be accepted by people or to be worthy of people. So this episode is really about having some honest conversations with yourself Asking yourself, why am I pleasing? Is it to feel worthy? Okay, that's an inside job and I have to connect to my self-worth here. I have to know that I'm worthy whether I bring anything to the table or not. To really start to connect to that, I'm going to cultivate a relationship with my self-worth every day. So maybe write yourself a love note or like on a sticky note and remind yourself, what a good person you are, how proud that you did something. Maybe you had an accomplishment. Celebrate it. Romanticize it. Give yourself the love and the gifts and the acceptance that you so easily give to other people. And is it going to feel uncomfortable at first? Yes, you bet. But aren't you tired doing everything for everyone? You're just really victimizing yourself. And it's sad because... I would venture to guess that somewhere along the way, somebody taught you that that's the only way to feel loved and secure and accepted around people. And that's just not it. When you are proud of yourself and you know what you stand for, your response to people comes from a place of empowerment and confidence and kindness and calmness. When you don't know who you are and you're waiting for other people's cues to know how to react, It's just unorganized chaos in your heart and in your head. And you are worthy of so much more than that. You're worthy of an inner peace of being proud of who you are. It's a daily check-in with yourself. It's a relationship you cultivate daily. And that's Higgins. He agrees with me. (laughs) Um, And so that's people-pleasing, guys. I hope that this helped. If you have questions or want me to expand on anything further, please send me an email at what's next with Lisa at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram or Twitter at what's next with Lisa. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you all. You are the best part of my day. And please take care of each other. And remember, today's a perfect day to ask yourselves, what's next? See ya.